Welcome back to the Anxious Millennial Podcast, where I, your host, Alexandra Vincelli, explore everything mental health related and also interview both millennials and non-millennials about their self-care and entrepreneurship journeys. So I've been giving a lot of thought to how to learn, grow, and level up in your career, specifically when you're trying to expand a network, meet like-minded professionals, learn from colleagues. It's been kind of the theme for my coaching journey this year specifically. Having been a coach for some time now, I'm learning a lot about the industry itself. Some of the misinformation pieces too on coaching, which has been very enlightening. And I think there's still a lot of work to be done. But to me, I feel like when you could learn from a colleague, from someone who's in your industry. I think that's something really valuable. And I, for one, want to keep leveraging that. I think there's a lot of people who are nervous about sharing information or skill sets or imparting wisdom because there's a bit of a scarcity mindset in that providing or shedding light on something that can help someone else evolve is almost, I think, I think a lot of professionals feel that'll be detrimental to them and their career evolution, which is not something I'm here to promote at all. I'm here to really, you know, encourage collaboration, especially in a coaching world. So that's a perfect segue to welcoming my guest on the podcast today, Jen DeTracy. So for full context, Jen and I were at a networking event over the summer called Elevate, um, where lots of brilliant women entrepreneurs and like-minded individuals were just all in the same place in downtown Montreal talking about their career aspirations, something I just thought to be so inspirational. And the beauty with Jen, there's many things about her that are phenomenal. But before I even knew Jen is a coach, I just knew there was something specific about how she actively listened and how she asked questions. Skills, I think I've told her multiple times at this point, are gifts. So gifts I, I deeply appreciate. And I know her clients deeply appreciate as well. Jen works with solopreneurs and leaders who work remotely from a home office and want to discover opportunities for both professional and personal growth. So I cannot wait for you to get to know Jen. And without further ado, welcoming Jen to the Anxious Millennial. Jen, isn't it amazing how we bonded on coaching without knowing either one of us are coaches? I know it's amazing. And I'm going to call you Alex because you said I could. Yes, please jump right on into the nickname. I never ask permission for nicknames. I'm just, I just kind of jump in. <laughs> so Jen, tell me, because words matter, what is your word for 2023 and why? The word for 2023, drumroll please, is adventure. Now there's many reasons for that word. It's not just people think of, oh, going on trips or doing something. So I really thought about this word and I've been reflecting on it. So I know you just said if it's not necessarily indicative of going on a trip, but for some reason, Jen, what just came up for me is a jungle. So maybe that's evoking, I don't know, some kind of need to explore rugged terrain or something. I don't know. But can you tell me or expand on why adventure? Yeah, thanks for asking. 
Well, first of all, I do love to travel. I think we share that in common. And I lived in Vancouver for 25 years. Now I'm in Montreal for six. And I miss Vancouver. I miss the mountains and the ocean. And so one of the objectives this year was to get back and live there for a month and work from there with remote working. It's amazing. You can do that. That was one of the things. The other was looking at how my business model is changing. And, you know, that can be a little daunting at times. You know, have goals and visions and and imagine what that's going to be like. And at the same time, Alex, it's... It, it can be easy to have thoughts get in the way. So I thought, what if I look at this as an adventure? Uh, last year, I was in Greece with my partner. I was there for 70 days. She was doing her PhD research. And I go off on my own a lot. And if you've ever been to Greece or Europe or anywhere in Spain, like you need your GPS to get around. And when you're traveling, it's a different place to be in the mind. And so I'd go somewhere and I'd be like, oh, that's not what I thought. But I'd be like, this is even better. And so being this explorer, this adventure, and I thought, how can I apply that? Where, you know, we just course correct when we're traveling. Why can't we apply that? Why can't we apply that to our work, to our business, to parts of life where we're entering into something new? And so if I can put my adventure hat on and I can take a look as an explorer and I can just course correct as I go and look at it as like, oh, I'm on a trip, then the things that, that maybe the hiccups that might happen, then they don't become this big thing. They become, oh, that's just part of the adventure. So interestingly enough, I'm going to pick off something really specific because again, some really beautiful images came up when you said that the, the moment where you went off on your own. And I... I really love that. I tell people who travel all the time to do that at least once. Whether you're in a group, you're with your partner, there's something about going off on your own just for a little bit that brings you back to your senses because you have no one else to rely on, right? You're in the moment. Um, you're, you've got the smells, the sights, the sounds going. What is that like for you to explore on your own? Well, I had a chance to do it a lot in Greece. I think for me, it's... I love the idea of not necessarily knowing where I'm going to end up. So in Greece, for example, I would, I would just, I was staying for a short period of time in the area of the Acropolis, but I had, I don't go, I didn't go online and look up what's there and how to do it. I might look up, okay, uh, there's this thing and I want to get to it. So how do I get to the starting point? But then I might take one pathway and a bunch of stairs this way and then go this way. And then I'm like, my goodness, I've got an amazing view of the Acropolis. I didn't know this existed. And then then I keep going and I'm like, oh, there's all these little turtles along the, you know, along the side of the path going up to the statue. And it's like, I had no idea all of this was there. And the joy that comes from that and the excitement and just being um, in flow of it. And I can say I'm not really in some ways a, a really uh, super flow person. And so when I'm traveling, I notice that, especially when I'm doing stuff on my own or even with my partner. And so it's like, how can I incorporate that into mm -hmm. other areas of my life? And again, it's the metaphor of the adventurer because that adventures in the adventure situation is going to change and change and change and change. 
And so then it's okay. What a metaphor for life. That is a perfect segue into your journey as a coach. Because as I'm listening to you, especially the piece on, we don't always know where we're going to end up. There's something so almost magical about that. So again, segueing into your coaching journey, I just need to know, Jen, why coaching? Well, one of the things that's interesting about that, Alex, is that when you ask me this question, I'm like, I wouldn't call it magical for me. It's so funny because over, I guess, the last 20 years, uh, before I started my coaching program back in 2019, I think it was, I had three different coaches and I did not have good experiences with them. So I'm like, this kind of, I'm a spiritual person, but I was like, this is kind of like, is this what coaching is? Like, right. (laughs) And for different reasons. And and I'm thinking, oh, these people, I don't know if they know about uh, coaching ethics, right? When you, when you become a coach, you learn that that's so important. So, but then what happened is I met an amazing woman who like me, was a marketing strategist. She was younger, so she wasn't as seasoned as me, but she had an air of confidence about her that I loved. And she told me that she had decided to marry marketing strategy with coaching in her business because her clients would have blocks. They'd get stuck. And I Mm. thought about that. I thought about how I sat down with a client marketing strategy-wise And we had this big, amazing campaign, and they were so excited, and we were going to launch it. And the next time I went with them, they had doubts. And I was like, you know, how did I, how did I not see that coming? Those doubts. Yeah. And so then I thought, okay, I want to, I want to explore coaching. I'm going to take the first module with. I did it with Ericsson International. I did it online, and I'm going to see. Like, is this something that I want to do? And Mm. I've heard you say this before, Alex, I think in other podcasts or maybe to me. It's like, it's hard work. (laughs) It's hard work learning to be a coach. (laughs) Is it ever? It brings up all the crap inside oneself. Perfectly said. That that is exactly what happens. Because the journey, inevitably, what happens is it almost forces you to look inward. Again, this might not be typical of everyone's experience but you're learning all these amazing skills and it's all it's all kind of bubbling up for for you right because you're you're kind of you know taking a look back or reflecting back on on you know what's happened in your life and what were opportunities like you mentioned that you know a coach would have been a great thing to take on but then there's skill set pieces there's rapport there's you know that there's so much that goes into this symbiotic relationship between a coach and a coachee and um so that's why I, I i so appreciate that you know in fact on my bucket list jen was always to to hire a coach myself which is it's 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 in the it's on the list it's on the list i want to do that but you know obviously life permitting um i just feel like that would be of such value added do you yourself right now work with a coach i'm curious i have I have support in different areas. For example, when I was doing the mentoring, um, you know, even doing mentoring of a feedback on coaching is a sense of coaching. It's very humbling too to get feedback. So it's a different style. And like you, I probably, there's a few coaches that I'm interested in, in working with. And right now I'm focused on 
being in a group setting with other coaches to, to build our business. So collectively, so I'm getting coaching within that group environment, which is great. And I think for me, Alex, just around the, the learning process, the biggest hurdle that I was afraid of is something that applies to, and I won't talk a lot about this just to give context though, uh, for those that are the listeners out there. So I'm a, I'm a woman that was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis 13 years ago, and I live with fatigue and I manage it and I run a business, but my life is different than when I was doing those 12 hour days and six days a week kind of life. And so when I came into doing coaching, it meant that, that I was committing to three to six hours a week on top of my business work to do that. And often it was at a time in the evening when my energy was low. But what I discovered, and this was a gift, is that I, even though it was difficult for me and just um, my brain processing things when my energy was low, I realized I have a greater capacity than I thought I did. And that was like such a huge aha moment for me because maybe I've been telling myself things that weren't true about my ability. And it's not about pushing hard. It's just like maybe there is fatigue there and, and I can manage it. And at the same time, I have a greater capacity to learn. It probably made it harder for me maybe in some ways than some people coming into that program, not living with fatigue, hmm. but I realized I could do it. Hmm. So powerful. There's something there, especially that really jumped out at me, which was, you know, it's not about pushing yourself harder. It's just about honoring the realities. And if anything, almost treating that with compassion, even, you know, there's something, again, really special about that, because, you know, it's, it's the antithesis to the sort of hustle, work hard, workaholic, if you will, mentality set that comes with entrepreneurship that is totally toxic. And that's a whole other subject in and of itself, right? <laughs> so I appreciate that because I think what you're doing is you're reminding us all just to be a little bit kinder to ourselves, especially in that, in that journey when you're building a business, especially. Um, so, and, and can I say this, please, please slow is the new fast. You know, we think orange is the new black. I'm like, slow is the new fast. And I used to be the fast person and I still probably am in some ways, but it's, it's like, we don't have to speed up to get to where we want to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's actually that. So there you go. There's always a goosebump moment. That was the one right now. I can tell you as I have, uh, I say this probably on every episode now, but there's a book called slow. I haven't read it fully yet, but just the fact that it's on my bookshelf, I just sort of just the word slow, just I glance at it and I'm like, okay, Alexandra, just reminded to take it in. There's no need to speed walk through life. And there's this almost idea we've conjured up for ourselves that we got to put all these tasks in, in our day. And only if we've accomplished X amount of them, are we, you know, on top of our game. And I, you know, again, there's so much there on, on, you know, uh, toxic workaholic stuff. Um, but so on the, on the piece of some challenges, um, so in your coaching, you know, small business owners and leaders who work remotely, especially, um, in your coaching, what are some challenges, you know, in, 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 in their, that, that individuals come to you with, like, what are some sort of themes that emerge, if you will? Okay, I love that. So I'm going to talk about two tracks for that. For sure. So when is the track where I work, through a third-party provider that provides mental health or, or health benefits, coaching and and um, 
therapy to employees in tech companies. And that's really where I got my chops. You know, I, I was coaching people. And I just wanted to do something in an area where I could get really out of my comfort zone as someone who's a business owner and a marketing strategist. And now I'm working with employees. I don't, the beauty is doing that. You, you don't know anything about these people's lives. They come in and they have certain concerns. Um, a lot of women in the tech industry have worries about having their voice heard and being seen because it's predominantly a male field. There are fear of layoffs in the industry. There's wanting to scale up or be promoted. Um, There's communication issues. So there's a lot of things around that. And then there's the whole personal side. So that has been a real amazing joy for me. I think it's given me a chance to work with so many different people, some from different places in the world and in so many different companies. And then we'll look over at my my business side of things. And that is something that I'm developing over time. I have some clients that have actually come to me from that third party service that said, hey, our, you know, our credits are over and we want to continue working with you. And those are people that are in leadership roles. And so I think the biggest thing for one of those clients is really tapping into their creativity very important. And another one is around communication boundaries and uh, like letting go of control. And so as I build my, as I build up my new program, uh, Elevate Results Coaching Program for one-on-one for mainly for solopreneurs and small business owners and some leaders, what I have found there is the reason why I created it is I think as people like myself who work from a home office or people that are working remotely for a company is there's a sense of loneliness. It's not like you're going into the office, even if you have a a call with your manager or in in my case as a business owner, I have to make an effort to connect with other people. Mm, Yep. And so having a system in which people can share, there's, there's this woman, she's a coach. Her name's Marsha Reynolds. She wrote coach the a uh, person, not the problem. Love that book. Yeah, I think, yeah. And she has this um, research she's done that we as human beings, we cannot analyze our thoughts. We need to talk them out and have someone, a coach, say back what they heard, not paraphrase, say back the the essence, but in that person's words, to what they said so that that person can hear it back. And that's part of the gift that you and I do is to provide that. And then that person hears stuff and they're like, they have these breakthrough moments. And this week I had two clients, one that, um, well, both leaders in this case that had breakthrough moments. And it was just like, we're just having a conversation. I'm just saying stuff. And they're like, Wow. And so that for me, I go into, I go into every uh, a coaching session. I'll just pause there so you can respond, but I, I'll have something else to say there in case you want to respond to that. Oh, it's, it, it's cause there's so many good things bubbling up right now as you're speaking. I'm like, I, I I'm trying to hold back cause it, so, I mean, thank you for demystifying that because I, I, you know, when we mirror and when we reflect back, 
I don't think generally sweeping generalization, people understand how impactful that is, is hearing, hearing one's own words said to us back from someone else just reframes and for some reason unlocks something. And it, you know, you know, on a neurological standpoint, I'm not sure what that does. There's maybe some mirror neuron pieces there that I, you know, don't know enough about. I'm speculating, but there's just something so powerful that happens in that moment. So thank you for that because, you know, there's a lot of power in that. And I remember being in coaching sessions where, you know, I was asked multiple times, you know, what else do coaches do besides mirroring and reflecting? I said, well, hang on a second. There's a lot of power in that. (laughs) So I don't know how you feel about that. But, you know, I I think the insinuation is that that's the bulk of what we do. And there's almost like um, it's, it's missing something. But I would say there's immense power in reflection. What are your thoughts? Yes, I think that and also powerful questions. Yes. And yes. It's, it's really about that being in the moment. I don't go into a session having an agenda. I might know a client and think about oh, uh, where they're headed and maybe some of their challenges are. Uh, I don't know where it's going to go. That's the thing about a coach. You're going with the person. I mean, how many people in their regular day life have someone that's going to even even mirror back to them, let alone say to them uh, back what they heard them say? It's rare. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's why a coaching conversation is so specific and different than conversations we have every day. And again, just stylistically, I think it, it throws it first time coaches sometimes get thrown off because it's such a specific way to have an engaging partnership, right? And I say partnership because as you just iterated, Jen, so beautifully, it, it really is accompanying them along this, this sort of this path. And we don't know what's going to come up exactly. Um, and you're absolutely right about, about the powerful questions. And, and so, you know, and this is something I said to you offline, and I want to reiterate it because it really is your, you have multiple superpowers, but this one in, in specific really has been salient to me is your ability to actively listen as well. Um, and to that, you know, the, the skill itself is so complex, but you just do it so beautifully. And I need to honor that superpower of yours. So I just want to say thank you right now for that. I, I don't think you know just how... Um, I guess the word powerful again comes up, but it really is quite something. To know that you're holding that space is incredible. Well, I appreciate, I do appreciate you saying that. And thank you for identifying a superpower for me. To me, active listening is, it's a practice. We can get better and better and better at it. And what I've learned as a coach and I do before a coaching session, and even before we met today, is to connect in a way releasing uh, biases. We are human beings, right? There's going to be a moment where we may hear content that may be difficult to hear from someone, or we just go offline for a sec. And I think active listening is the art of being able to, to recognize that in the moment too, release the bias, and and 
come back and to be able to be present again. It, it's not pure, right? Like we can't all be active listening every second of every moment, even during a coaching session. What we're listening for are important values and details that we can bring forward. Some clients have a lot to say and will talk for a long period of time. And sometimes we need to interrupt and say, uh, Selma, you know, bring back, bring them back to the present. So I think it's interesting to recognize, at least for myself, it's an ongoing practice that I'm working on all the time in order to, to be present and to really hear what's underneath. And that is, uh, I don't, I think that, I don't think that ever stop ever. I don't think that will ever stop for me. Oh, I, I, I truly, I truly hope not. And I, you know, cause again, it's such a gift that's offered to the world. I, I, you know, so for some context, you and I met at a networking event. I want to say now, Jen, it's been, summer was not that long ago, but it, it just, time has flown. So several months ago at this point, um, and so for listeners, just so you can kind of visualize like a full room full of, you know, wonderful entrepreneur women, especially it was called the Elevate event. And it was just a, the energy was really great. Um, I personally felt overwhelmed. And I don't know if Jen, you picked up on that, but there was something really calming about your presence. And then we sort of migrated to one another. And we just, I mean, magically, here we are two coaches, we just sort of went for it and we bonded it happened in no time at all and that's when you know there's something really special about what it is that we do because and I say this a lot when I interview coaches but I want to say this specifically to you Jen is what a privilege to be led into someone's life I mean it really is I have to pinch myself it, it it's it's a gift and you know the the trust that comes with that and all that how do you ongoingly nurture that? Is it just is it just something that you keep practicing? But how do you nurture that that trust with with your clients? Well, first of all, I just want to respond to how magical it was for me to connect with you. I was like, oh my goodness, Alex is such a warm, beautiful human being, and you just it's like it's like something like chocolate melting in your mouth, you know, talking to you. It really, so I think it's funny how we can, we can reflect back what we experience, like you reflecting to me. And what I'm, what I'm, I'm doing is I'm like, wow, I think that that that's what I experienced from you. And so it's very interesting in terms of trust. This is an area where it, we're talking in coaching per se, right? In a coaching environment. Yes. Yep. Uh, what I'm working on there is really trusting myself, trusting myself, because if I can't trust myself, others won't have that trust. And part of that trust is showing up for who I am. And to be honest, this again is something I'm working on about, I'd say a month ago. I just, something shifted in me. I don't know what it was. I think I was just like, I want my clients to get the most from the sessions. I want them to experience the transformation that they want to experience, whatever that might be for them. And they don't know it. And I might not know, not know exactly what it is. And I thought I need to be more courageous in the questions I ask and how I show up because I'm kind of a goofy person, but I don't really show that side of myself that much. And 
I I want to I want people to feel safe and comfortable. But when it comes to coaching, you want people to feel safe. You want there to be trust. But you we're there to show up and push. And it's okay for a client to to be out of their comfort zone. That's part of the process of growth in a way that is, of course, supportive and caring. And one of the things I do before I go into that coaching session, when I'm grounding myself, when I'm imagining the energy going through my body and down rooting into my feet, is I I imagine, I, I see love in my heart and I pour it out to the, to the client before I start the session. So I'm feeling a place of openness, a place of love, even if I have a little bit of anxiety or, you know, about how the session will go. I've, I put myself in that place of just open heartedness. And I think that that's a big piece of coming into a session and being, uh, being there to serve. So, so wonderful. And I'm, I'm happy you're showing up your, your, yourself with your full sense of humor in tow, because I feel like that is such a, an important thing is to bring that authenticity. I, I, I can't iterate it enough because I feel like this is how I ongoingly feel actually is sometimes teetering on the overly cautious. And then when you're saying about this, you pushing the boundary and taking a little more risks with, you know, where you go with the client. I think that's important. And if it, if it lands great and if it doesn't also, okay. Um, so what moment did you sort of pivot into giving yourself that permission? Cause that's really what it is, is you gave yourself permission to do that now. So I guess, so moreover, actually, how is that going specifically? Yeah. Well, it's, I'm really noticing that as I step out and have that courage to speak up and point something out, like, for example, we've been, I might say to a client, oh, you know, we've been coaching for quite a few times now. And what I've noticed that you've been telling me is X, Y, Z. And so why are you now telling me that? And it's like that moment of, really getting the client to take ownership and responsibility for how they're uh, thinking, acting, and making decisions. Brilliant, brilliant. So, you know, I, I, I can go on about this forever, but I know we have a very finite amount of time. I want to sort of shift gears into Jen and know specifically how, because we're a mental health podcast, after all, we sort of explore the pieces on self-care and showing up for yourself. So we talked about just now giving yourself permission, um, you know, to, to push that boundary. What other, Jen, self-care pieces do you do to ensure that you're taking good care of yourself as you're showing up for your clients? Thanks for that question, Alex. For me, I have studied under Brendan Bouchard, who's a high performance coach. And one of the things he said, and I was already doing it, but maybe not fully, is taking back your morning. If we can't set up our day in a way, and again, everything's a work in progress with me. I have a whole routine, and especially living with MS and fatigue, I'm so grateful that I have my mobility. And I know there are people that don't. So I stretch. I do my stretching. I do some energy work on my body moving around. 
I meditate. I, what else do I do? I make sure that I drink lots of water and just really uh, anchor into my day. And that might change. I know at sometimes if I feel, oh, I need to get outside for a walk, I'll do that. Uh, really, I do this thing called the healing breath that I learned from my homeopath, which is very chi, and just to get my voice and my breathing in a place. And so movement and breathing and settling the mind. Um, Sometimes I'll listen to something in the morning that's inspiring or I'll do writing. I may not be consistent about some of those things. I know some people journal all the time. Uh, I'm, I'm, So I do that sometimes, and sometimes I'll do an audio recording where I'll talk something out. But really, it's about getting myself into the day, because I know if I don't do the stretches and the meditation at the beginning of the day, it ain't going to happen. That's right. That's right. Thank you for that, because that piece is important. I've been fooling myself, Jen, into saying, okay, Alex, it's fine. First thing in the morning, you got this midday, you got this at night, and it doesn't inevitably pan out. And so the the self-talk kicks in where it's like, Alex, really, you disappointed yourself again? It's okay, but you're absolutely right. I, I, It's got to be done. There's like an intention setting piece with doing it first thing in the morning, and it's just a little bit quieter than the rest of the day. Um, you don't know what's, you don't know what's coming, right? There's always that piece of what, what, what does today have in store for me? Um, so, and thank you for the reminder on, on breathing as well. Just hearing the word breath, I think is, is the equivalent of looking at a tree. The level of cortisol just shoots down. There's something so organic about being reminded to breathe of all things that we do subconsciously, but when you're mindfully breathing, you're just back in your body. May I share something with an open hand and open heart with you? Yes. And I love your metaphor of the tree. Thanks for sharing that, Alex. That's like, it just takes me there. Oh, the tree is so powerful and big yet gentle. I just love, I love trees. Um, But I remember during my coaching training, an activity that we did with with our professors at the time. And uh, so anytime we'd have a a coaching, a live coaching demo or session, you know, takeaways would always be framed with, you know, what's what are your takeaways from your session as a coach? Uh, So head, heart and feet. And um, I, I to this day incorporate that every once in a while. If I feel like a client's residing up here. And for people who can't see, I'm pointing at the head, right? So people who reside in their head, some people reside here, right? Right in their body and don't talk to themselves. I mean, the the head, heart disconnect and then the feet, the grounding. So it's all kind of interconnected. And and as coaches, there's so much in the nonverbals and in the body that we, we also have to pay attention to, right? Yes, absolutely, Alex. It is is it is vital to have that piece of it for sure. How do you honor that in in your sessions with with your clients? Again, just because of how acutely aware you you are of of showing up for yourself and your self care, how do you honor that with your clients? Well, one one of the things I I like to do, and this is something I learned separate from Sarah Payton around empathy work is if a client has, I think it's important to be in touch with if you have undesirable emotions like anxiety, which is the, you know, your podcast is to get the client 
we, we think that oh, as coaches move on to talking about the future. No, we need to be in the moment with that. So the client says, you know, I really want to work on anxiety or I'm feeling anxious about this. I'll go right to, okay, where is the anxiety sh- showing up in your body? Where's that tension? And we'll go through this process of breathing into that. And here's the thing that a lot of people don't know and understand is if I move towards the camera, even though people can't see us, my head gets bigger, no matter how scary that might be. However, when we move towards our feelings, they get smaller. But what happens is people push them away. So you can see my hands moving towards the camera, they get really big. Yeah, because we push them away and boom, they get bigger and bigger and bigger. So I have a practice that I take a lot of clients through to be able to learn to do that. So they imagine the feelings, they, they welcome in the anxiety, let's say it's in the chest, they welcome it in like a beloved guest into their body and they breathe down to their belly. And then after that, I say, well, what do you notice in your body? And they may not notice anything or they might notice it shifting to a different place. But often what happens, they'll say, well, my shoulders are starting to relax. And I'll say, oh, so let's breathe into the shoulders. And they'll breathe into their shoulders. And then they'll be like, oh, I feel lighter now. Okay. And then we have another step to the process. But it's about, I think, for me, creating awareness that we hold these feelings in our body and that we can, through consciously welcoming them in, release the feeling or at least soften it even a little bit. Even if someone can soften that anxiety a little bit, imagine what that little bit of space could be possible for as a different feeling instead, a relaxation, a lightness, some calm, whatever that might be. And so that has become a big part of what I do in coaching. And it's integrated into um, just the need of the client. I hope that answered my question. <laughs> your question. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, just, just sort of hearing you walk through that really, really appeased me and really sort of grounded me. Just just hearing you describe that because it, it's so true. Even if you can soften it just a little bit, it doesn't have to be a huge hurdle. That, that'll reverberate throughout, you know, the person's day. Um, so it really is special and important to do that and honor the body. And, and, you know, so, and I also love how the, again, the, the metaphors are just flowing that, you know, your, your head gets closer to the camera, so it gets bigger, but then when you focus on emotions, they get smaller, right? It's just the way you, you, again, just the sort of aha moment there as well. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm acutely aware of the time and I want this to, to, to keep going, but I do want to honor you and your space and where you reside online so that people can come and find you, Jen. Where can people come and see all the work that you're doing? Well, I love answering this question, of course, Alex, and thanks for asking it. The best place to find me is on my website, Lift. Some people call it Life. No, it's not Life Strategies. It's liftstrategies.com, all, all in one. Or on LinkedIn under Jen, J-E-N, Tracy with an E. So D-E-T-R-A-C-E-Y. I'm on LinkedIn. And those are the best places to uh, track me down and get the information that you might need. And I, I really appreciate having the chance to have a coaching conversation, like a conversation with you, Alex, as a coach. And because you 
have gone through a in-person program. Your coaching program was in person, right? It was virtually. It was virtual it, too. It okay. Was, okay. It was, but it felt very real and organic and, and like it, I, I had all the feels. It was, uh, so Concordia's program was in person. And then of course the pandemic hit. Ah. So, but it was, it was kind of a gift because it allowed, I, I live pretty far off island in Montreal. So it'll, it all actually allowed me to take the course. Otherwise, I would not have. So, you know, opened up something that wouldn't have been for me. Oh, that's so fantastic. That. It seems like you've kept in touch with a lot of people from the program. And I did mine online, too. So what I, I feel today is ecstatic that we, who didn't attend the same program, and we're both coaches and people that love people, that here we are and we get to have this conversation and share it with others, whether they're a coach or not. So thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast today. It's a, it it's a, a true pleasure. delight. Yeah. Oh, it was a, it's a pleasure. I, I really enjoy our conversations. I was, I was excited for this one. And speaking of excitement, I have one last question for you. What are you, Jen, most excited for? What am I most excited for? I am really excited about how I am moving forward with this Elevate Results coaching program because I have um, beta tested it with several individuals and seen some pretty fantastic things. And it's, it's nothing, there's nothing like being validated for something that you don't know how people are going to respond to it. And now I have clients coming in and paying full price and I'm super excited to serve because, you know, when people make a commitment to sign up to work with a coach, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one program or just, you know, sort of a, sp a specific topic they want to work on, that they're saying to themselves, I love myself or I want to, I'm deserving of doing this so that I can improve or elevate some part of my life. Mm. And that's a big commitment somebody's making to themselves. And it says that they are ready. They're ready to make some shifts, some changes, experience some growth. And that really excites me a lot. Oh, that landed what a beautiful way to, to finish this off. Jen, thank you so much for showing up today and all, and all of your glory and wisdom. I really appreciate the time. And thank you for inviting me. Bye, Alex. See you soon, Jen. It is so impactful to connect with someone who deeply cares about something you're passionate about. So I just want to extend my gratitude to Jen for reminding me why I fell in love with coaching in the first place. And that is because coaching truly does allow opening for something you thought might have been closed. So for that, Jen, I thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thank you once again. My gratitude to you, my listeners, for tuning in. Until next time, take good care of yourself and chat soon. Bye. The Anxious Millennial Podcast is written, edited, and produced by me, Alexandra Vincelli. Thanks for tuning in.